Welcome to the iPod, a new podcast series from Ophthalmology Times where we engage with key opinion leaders about the latest innovations in the areas of surgery, clinical diagnosis, drug therapy, research, technology, or practice management. I'm Julian Mobilian, Associate Editor with Ophthalmology Times and your host. We're here today with Dr. Laura Perriman, who's an ocular surface disease expert and Director of Dry Eye Services and Clinical Research at Evergreen Eye Center in Seattle, Washington. Dr. Perriman recently wrote a blog post for us about her experience using intense pulse light therapy to treat chalasia. Today, she's going to discuss a few key points regarding the benefits of this therapy, which we will refer to as IPL. So, Dr. Perriman, my first question is, how long have you been using IPL, and can you give us a quick background of how you were introduced to it? Oh, thanks. First of all, thank you so much for the invitation. It's really cool to, uh, to talk with you about this. It's uh, my favorite topic, as a lot of people know, <laughs> in the quest to find more and more methods to treat patients uh, that are effective and safe and efficient, I came across IPL therapy. What's interesting about it is I've actually been following the IPL world since I was a resident. I would definitely have an interest in ocular plastics. I did a cornea refractive fellowship, so I've been following the IPL story for a long time, and, you know, ophthalmologists are very comfortable with light, with wavelengths, with laser devices. This is an intense light device. It is not a laser, so a lot of people get that confused. It's a, a class two device. Um, what's really cool about the equipment I ended up getting was is that the safety profile has improved dramatically. Back in the dermatolog- early dermatologic experience, you needed to understand light, chromophores, depth of penetration, very, very intensely in order to prevent complications such as hypopigmentation, blistering, et cetera. Those were the first generation machines, but now we have these sixth generation machines that have the protocols built into the device so it becomes much more user-friendly, much safer, maintains the efficacy, and um, has, has all kinds of advantages for that patient with the uh, the complex comorbidity of ocular rosacea, facial rosacea, MGD, inflammatory, et cetera. So it's, I've used it for about three years. We have kept track of the data of everyone we've treated and all this time. I have an incredible data set uh, showing improvements in the osmolarity of the tears as well as dramatic reductions in the inflammatory burden of the tears as measured by MMP9. So it's a really readily accepted way for patients to have a drug-free, drop-free approach to rapidly get things under control. And then they do even better with their typical dry treating modalities, such as the omegas, the immunomodulator, immunoantagonists, and as well as... uh, home maintenance therapy, thermal pulsation modalities, et cetera. So it's just a nice big push in the right direction. Patient satisfaction is very high. Um, how are they responding to this? Well, it's interesting. So it depends on the on the protocol, the settings you use. We use uh, an expanded protocol. I, my technician made me call it the Perryman protocol, so please pardon me if that's <laughs> self-promoting. But it's a, 
four-step protocol that we do every single time. It's uh, first pass or first step is to treat the whole face with the rosacea treatment settings. And those are a little snappier. They're a little spicier. And the reason why we started doing that is early on I would get these patients who would have IPL done with earlier generation machines and they would only treat the mid-face. And some of these patients would come in looking like a candy cane, <laughs> and forehead, red chin, and nice controlled rosacea in the mid-face. I'm like, gosh, it seems like we need to be treating the whole area. Yeah. So that's why we treat the whole area in step one. Uh, step two is the photomodulatory settings or the Toyo settings. Those are significantly more comfortable. Um, step three, we switch to a small light guide and we treat along the eyelids with laser-grade shields in place. That's really important. So we put uh, basically a COX-2 shield that has a small handheld uh, post. We put those in to protect the eye, and then we get right up on the lid, avoiding the lashes by one or two millimeters to deliver some energy there. Then finally, step four would be aesthetic cleanup. So if you've had an angioma near the lid that you don't really want to cut into, it responds beautifully to that nasal cholangiectasia, you know, big ropey ones, we can get rid of those. Um, and also chalasia, which brings us to the whole point of the phone call. Chalasia are inflammatory skin lesions, essentially, and that's on label with an IPL machine. So I started going after those in step four. I'm like, gosh, I wonder, wonder if I just deliver three or four additional pulses on top of this if I can get it to go away. And lo and behold... It works really, really well. I have a case series of about 30 patients, a combination of acute and chronic chalasia, and they uh, oftentimes resolve in one treatment. And we also track the MMP9. That drops dramatically in these patients. It's pretty cool, and patients really like the drug-free, drop-free, injection-free, incision-free approach to the problem is really just big and juicy and ready to be cut into sometimes, but not always. Sometimes they're just not, they're just a chronic inflammatory mess. Sometimes there's not a clear collection of lipogranulomatous debris to excise. Um, Sometimes it's really in the acute phase. So we had a patient who, uh, he was headed to his job interview for his dream job in two days. And he calls me up and like, Dr. P, I've got this thing on my lid. And I'm headed to my interview in two days. What do I do? <laughs> Come on in. And I offered, he, he, has, he was darker, he has darker pigmentation. So I was worried about dairy injections. And I was worried about, and there was nothing there to excite because it was still just very inflamed. Sure. Um, so I offered him IPL and he sent me a picture day three. It was gone. Wow. Day five. Beautiful. Wow. Perfect. And he got the job, so that was oh, pretty Oh, that's cool. amazing. Even better. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and he said, it, he said it looks great by the day of his interview, so that's really cool. And then uh, I have this chronic rosacea, chronic chalasia patient who is so needle-phobic. The poor guy. You even say the word needle and he's breaking down cold sweat. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating by much at all. He's just like, I just So we, do, um, we did IPL for him. And he's too big, chronic shlavy on his upper lid. Of course, he has rosacea in his back center specter. And uh, the next day, the edema in between the lesions was dramatically improved. And by six weeks, at the six-week follow-up, completely resolved. And he reported 
resolved within about 10 to 14 days. So I think there's a difference between the acute lesions and the more chronic ones and the pathophysiology is different, right? Like the acute ones are just a lot of inflammatory cells and um, polys and everything else. And with the chronic one, it's more lipogranulomatous chronic inflammation. So their response seems to be just a little bit different, but we're still having success in those cases too. Wow. That's, I mean, that's amazing. So how long does the actual, does the treatment take from the time the patient gets to your office and they're sitting down? um, How long does that process take? So uh, patients um, go to the procedure room, their face gets cleaned of all makeup, sunscreen, debris, careful removal of the mascara as well. We don't want anything else to absorb the energy from from the IPL. Then uh, the drop of anesthetic drops, the shields are placed inside or on top of the cornea behind the lid. Then a layer of clear coupling gel is spread across the face with a popsicle stick, basically, a tongue depressor. Um, and then uh, then we go to town. We do the four steps already described. And we, we do an aggressive treatment. Most patients end up with, I don't know, 130, 140 pulses, which is quite a bit. It's extremely well tolerated and it really works well. Um, then uh, that whole procedure, by the time we lay them back, get them cleaned up, put the shield in, do the procedure, take the gel off, take the shield out, uh, give them a, a drop on screen. They need to put on SPF afterwards. Paraben-free is important. That's about... 20 minutes. Wow. Position time where I'm in there firing the IPL is about five or six minutes. I just assumed it was like an hour, just like all the steps. I was like, oh, wow, like this, it sounds pretty intense, but that is so fast. <laughs> it's pretty fast. Um, yeah, the resolution's fast, which patients really appreciate too. And, um, you know, I wouldn't treat on the eyelids if I didn't have this particular platform. I did get the, the M22, the luminous because I was very uh, intrigued by their their uh, safety profile. They're, they're able to control the pulses so you don't have any energy spikes. Okay. And so that gives me an extra layer of safety for treating darker skin types. I know I'm not going to get a big spike and, and damage uh, melanocytes or other chromophores. I know what I'm delivering with every sure. single pulse. So I, that gives me a great deal of comfort. And, yeah. So would, do you see more acute patients or do you see more chronic uh, or is it like kind of a mix? It's totally a mix. Um, yeah, it's completely a mix. All stages of the game. We're, we're working on a protocol to submit um, to, to, to study this formally, the acute and the chronic and the ideal settings. And hopefully it'll be of good service to our colleagues and other patients. So also yeah. too, um, in your blog post, you mentioned that it typically takes three to five days for acute chalazia to disappear. So how long does it take, and you might've already touched on this for pretty severe cases. Um, does it take longer, um, you know, weeks, days? Like what's that outlook like? I do think there's a difference in the, the cell activity of a, an acute lesion versus the chronic one. Like the, oh, okay. the acute ones, there's a ton of, ton of polys in there, a ton of inflammation. And we know that intense pulse therapy actually addresses inflammation. There's really cool research showing reductions in various inflammatory biomarkers, IL-6, IL-17, but also on confocal microscopy, you can see there's a dramatic reduction in 
were presumed to be activated T cells uh, around the mevalmine gland ACNI, and that's just in an MGD model. That's not a Schlesia model. So intensive flight therapy can help to um, address the T cell burden, the inflammatory cell burden, uh, in addition to the, uh, the abnormal vasculature, the injection. Also, there's a uh, photosanitizing effect. You get... Uh, a kill on Demodex and you get a kill on bacteria. Did you know that IPL machines are used to sterilize an OR? It looks very different than what we have in our medical clinic, but IPL technology can be used to sterilize a space. I didn't know that. Oh, it's wow. pretty cool. It is really cool. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You can sanitize the bacteria, photo, photo destroy the Demodex, the bacteria, close off the inflammatory leaky vessels, uh, stimulate the meibomian glands to work properly. It's called photobiomodulation, where the meibomian gland stem cells become more metabolically active because you've activated cytochrome C in the mitochondrial energy producing chain, which is really cool. Um, and then uh, you'll notice that the background risk factor for the schlesia, which is typically meibomian gland dysfunction, quite often associated with telangiectasias, which suggests ocular rosacea that those findings improve typically over the course of the therapy for regular MGD. But in the case of uh, just the acute chalazium, we are able to address that lesion plus help to control some of the neighboring glands as well that are at risk of the same thing happening. (laughs) That's really cool. So you've been using IPL for three years. So is there a learning curve? Like, is it easy to use? Like, say other doctors wanted to uh, add this mm-hmm. to their to their practice. Is, is it like a high learning curve, or does it just take some time to get used to? Like, what's that process like? Oh, that's that's an awesome question. I am a wade-in-from-shore kind of girl. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't dive into anything at first. So yeah, I kind of test it out, see how it's going. So for me, the learning curve was about, I don't know, 10 cases where I felt comfortable with it. There's, there's some nuances to it, of course, but they're, you can pick it up really quickly. The, uh, I have some videos online, if that's helpful to reference, uh, showing yeah, some of the techniques. Yeah, it's on uh, my YouTube channel, which is Dry Eye Master. For um, eye care providers that are used to dealing with light-based devices, lasers, et cetera, it's just, it, you know, just think of it as another another laser in the toolkit. Yeah. Although this, to, again, to be specific, this is a light, intense light therapy. It's not a laser, but if you're used to dealing with high energy devices, it's no problem. Sure, and that makes sense. Um, so, do you think that this is a technology that's here to stay? And do you think that you know it has other potential uses that you know, like other avenues that we just haven't explored yet? Not ophthalmology, or yes, I do think there's a lot of application. For ophthalmology, there is some very intriguing dermatology literature showing improvement of actinic keratoses, especially in combination with Lebulon, that photoactivating medication from sun, I think, makes it. I paint that on, put the IPL on, avoid the sun for two days, and it sort of gets rid of the actinic keratoses because where you see one, there's going to be more, right? Sure. So that's really interesting, and that could ha- that has implications with some of the disfiguring most surgeries that we end up doing with uh, removal of, you know, suspected malignant lesions 
basal cells, squamous cells, etc. Anecdotally, dermatologists that I've talked to will say that they think there's a lower incidence of actinic keratosis and other skin malignancies with regular IPL therapy. Now, I, I need to go into the literature and confirm that, but clinically, peer-to-peer, I've had those discussions, which is very cool and exciting. I, I love using it for angioma, just those small little vascular lesions near the eye. You don't really want to cut into it. You can just hit it with a couple pulses of the Optima IPL and it's gone non-surgically. Patients love it. I've used it for rogue trichiasis. You know, patients get fatigue of coming in every six weeks to have that rogue eyelash pulled. If you, it takes two people to do this, but like protect the eyes, roll the lid margin out. I have an assistant, protect the neighboring lashes, and then I go after it with hair removal settings on my IPL. Oh, Works great. That is, so, that's really nice. Yeah. There's some fun, so there's some fun other things that it's a powerful machine that can do a lot of different things. It has, I don't know, 20 or so FDA approved in indications. It's FDA approved in Europe and Australia for dry eye and MGD. And I expect phase four label expansion in the U.S. sometime in the future. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really great. Um, I mean, it just sounds like it's helping so many people. And it's fun to do. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like it's fun to do. (laughs) Before we sign off, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I just, I just want to acknowledge Rolanda Toyos, who is considered the father of IPL for ophthalmology. He keenly observed that his this was in the 2000s, and his patients he'd send off to his local derm for IPL to control their rosacea. His patients would report back that their eyes felt better, and he started looking into it. So I just want to acknowledge him and his founding uh, efforts, and I want to acknowledge some important colleagues that have helped me in my journey to being very facile with this instrument, and that's Richard Adler in Baltimore, Maryland, and also Harvey Fishman in Menlo Park, California. They're both really, all three of them, are very influential and important to me and have helped me to get started, get the courage, build the science, bounce ideas, et cetera. So I'm very appreciative of all those colleagues. Just the collaboration and the learning from each other is just, it's so great. Yeah. So for our listeners, you can find her blog at ophthalmologytimes.com slash blogs. And thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you subscribe at iTunes and let us know what topics you'd like to hear more about. Stay connected by going to ophthalmologytimes.com, subscribing to our newsletter, and following us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And then if you wanted to follow Dr. Perriman, I believe uh, your handles are Dry Eye Master, correct? Yes, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Yeah, so you guys should follow her for sure because she has these great videos and tweeting amazing things. So definitely give her a follow. (laughs) 